What's up, everybody? It's your favorite podcast, Get a Bucket. I'm your host, Trey. Thank you. I always appreciate the love before. I hope you all are having a wonderful day. I really do. It's a little bit cloudy out here for me personally, but it's Memorial Day weekend. So, you know, have fun. I'm about to go get some hoops in myself personally. Now, I do want to I do wanna pay my respects to Jerry Sloan, the former coach of the Utah Jazz. You know, he was a real one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he passed recently due to complications of uh, Parkinson's disease. And um, I just want to say personally, I you know, he earned mad respect for me. I mean, he, he coached Carl Malone, John Stockton, Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer. You know, he, they were formidable in the playoffs. Didn't win a ring, but again, very good coach. Just top-notch quality. Didn't lose... Didn't, yeah, didn't, like, win less than 40 games, I think, like, what, three times in his career, four times, something like that, so, again, just mad shout-outs to him, like, again, just pay my respects, and to be on a less somber note, uh, my man T-Mac is 41, I, I'm gonna give a shout-out to Big T-Mac out there, and Dumars, Joe Dumars off the Pistons from back in the day, who was on, who is now 57, you know, we, we learned about him, uh, during the Jordan documentary, so, again, just, like, like, get back on track here, you know, let's get, let's get positive vibes going. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started right on to the show. You know what time it is. Alright, quarter one. I'm going to talk to y'all about Victor Oladipo, right? Now, he turned down a four-year, $80 million contract. Now, to keep it a buck with you, that's a nice contract. But I'm speaking from my perspective, not his. Now, Victor Oladipo is an all-star, okay? He's also a caliber player. Uh, he did come back from a nasty little injury, and so, you know, there is a con for these type of players. If they just had a nasty injury, do you really want to pay them right now? You want to see how they came back, and this season kind of got shut down, and he was working his way back up to his stats, so like, that was good That that was good to see. However, again, the season was cut. Again, a pro to that, though, is if he's healthy you get a, a one-option quality player in return. And right now, the Pacers are in that fourth to fifth seed in the East. And they could surprise you. They'd be a tough out in the second round. That's my projection, okay? I personally look at Victor Oladipo as similar to like a Jimmy Butler's career, right? Like, they didn't start out the best. They were known as defenders. But over time, their, their offensive repertoire started developing. And you started to recognize them as a, as a good two-way player now they're starting to become better playmakers and the leadership's taking form you're looking to see that right like i and i see that from victor oladipo and again we've seen that from jimmy butler whether he was on the sixers or the heat now like the heat are in a tremendous position to get to the finals and last year the 76ers were a quarter away from potentially going to the finals and winning their championship so that's what type of player we have in Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo. I do understand the trepidation in signing him again with that injury. He had a well, like a right quad injury, and that's not something to come back from like that that quickly. That, that's a season-ending injury, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't want a hundred million dollar contract. Okay, that's cool. Maybe offer him a one hundred and twenty-five mil over four years. You know, uh, somehow just get to that twenty-five mil. A year marker for uh, for uh, Victor Oladipo. He he is again that quality of a player. If he if he's healthy, he can reach that he can reach that project, uh, production. He was averaging during his All Star year, or at least his first one, I think like twenty something points uh, to go along with like five rebounds and four assists. Not to mention two steals and close to like a block a game. 
that's quality play. And if you add that to that Pacers team right now, that's a four to five seed that gets easily bumped up potentially to the one to two seed. I think two to three, but you could make the case for one to two in the East. So again, I would like to see the Pacers offer Victor Oladipo a little bit more money. But if if he doesn't go with that type of deal, what I then maybe try to look for other pieces because you don't want to lose your star too. And I would like to say try to get the Kings to somehow make a deal where you can get Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heal. I don't think you could, but it'd be nice. It'd be a nice shot to see. All right, quarter two. This one might be a little two-parter for y'all. We're gonna talk about the top second options in the NBA now. There are quality top options in the second in the NBA, and I'm, I'm going to cover all of the all of them in within two quarters. Um, the first one I will say the this is a all healthy list. By the way, this is not currently. I'm just saying this is all healthy because if you want to figure out, and this is for the non-fans, if you want to figure out exactly how to determine which teams might succeed or might be might be best positioned in the playoffs. You base it on the second options. Yes, the first options, they get the show, they get the PT, they get the, uh, the FaceTime on the commercials and all that good stuff. But the second options are really who helped carry the team as well, too. Like They don't get as much credit as they should. Now, with that being said, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavs, and the 76ers all have the top, two, the top second options when healthy. The Clippers have Paul George, and we just saw Paul George be both an MVP and a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Top three. Top three. And he had a good case for winning. So, again, that's quality. For the Lakers, it depends on how you look at it. You can either put AD or Braun there. They're not slouches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, same with the Mavs. Porzingis went healthy. He was an MVP candidate and a Defensive Player. and a D uh, He's an MVP and Defensive Player of the Year caliber type of talent. And the 76ers with Embiid or Simmons, it depends on how the offense is finally going to go. And the coaching staff needs to make a decision. Both of them can be MVP and defensive player of the year caliber players. So again, those are the top four teams, potential-wise, when healthy, who have the top second options. Now, afterwards, this tier is a little bit of a drop just because, at least for the the, the top uh, the top half of it, you have uh, Clay from the Warriors, Kyrie Irving from the Nets, and Russell Westbrook from the Rockets. They can be in that first half that I mentioned, but I need to see a little bit from them. Like they just came back from injury, uh, specifically uh, Clay and Kyrie, or I need to see a little bit more from the leadership standpoint, whether it's Russ and Kyrie. I, I, there's just something that I need to see. They have the they have the potential. They've been there, but they just need to get back to that point. That's that. That's all that is. Now the next one's also our Kimball Walker or Jason Tatum. However you want to look at it, I think it might be Kimba. It should be Kimba as the second option for the Celtics. Uh, C.J. McCollum for the Blazers and Kyle Lowry for the Raptors. I just want to say Kyle Lowry actually earned his stripes for me during that All-Star game when I saw him guarding James Harden and other top quality players. Like He showed me he's a good defense player and, that, and he's a quality point guard too, so I got to give him credit. And that actually bumped him up a little bit because of that. But those are the next tier second options in the NBA. And... Again, all of those teams, except for the Warriors, of course, because, um, again, this is when healthy, are in the playoffs. you got the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavs, the Celtics, the Nets, the Rockets, the Celtics, 
The Blazers should be, but their injury, but the, they, their roster's been injured. And then the Raptors, and a, a majority of them have been con, considered contenders at some point in time. So, again, that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's one way. Just look and see how a team might might perform. It's not always the first option. The second option goes a long way as well. Halftime. Grab your popcorn, grab your water, use the bathroom break, whatever you need to do, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just coming straight off the cuff on this one. I want to talk to you about the hiring process in the NFL and how they're kind of changing it. Um, essentially, they're just trying to incentivize organizations to hire minority coaches or at least be a part of the coaching staff in some, for in some form or fashion. Now, I think there are about four NFL minority coaches, like head coaches. And then to keep it, you know, basketball related, I think there are about seven, unless you work out Eric Spolstra, which bumps that up to eight. Um, and there are quite a few teams, like 30 and 32, so in the NFL and NBA, respectively. So that's not a good percentage there, ladies and gentlemen. We need to kind of bump those, especially when a lot of the players in the NFL and NBA are both minorities. So why am I not a fan of this move? It's not a good idea to incentivize teams. I mean, it's a good, I like the step in the, in the direction that we're taking. But essentially what you're saying is you need to hire minorities to be tokens. And I'm sorry, but when you're hired as a token, you're not respected. especially And as a minority, you're already not respected real well. Like You, you have to work twice as hard just to get the same recognition as somebody who's not a minority. So going through those obstacles as well as everyone knowing you're, you're hired simply because they needed minorities, you're not going to get a lot of respect. And in the work world, you need respect in order to have enjoyment at your job. I'm sorry, like, you can have all the success, you can you can be knowledgeable, but that respect factor really just bumps it up a level, and, and it makes your job really that much more enjoyable, or else you're going to not be satisfied and then want to leave, and then it, the problem's never going to get solved. So, again, being hired as a token, it's not the right thing to do. It's not the best approach to go. I see where we're trying to go. Uh, but there needs to be something it, there needs to be something different. And I don't think that's a Incentive that needs to be added. I think it's just more so a mindset change that needs to occur um, The NBA is more advanced than the NFL in this area. So I do give them kudos We could you uh, we could stand to see a little more minority head coaches in both sports Quarter three all right, we're gonna go back to the other second options in the NBA because these guys actually have a lot of potential, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to make sure that we give them their uh, their respect. Now, I might be a little biased about this one, but I put the Pelicans because they have either Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, or Zion as their second option. It really just depends. Um, and again, Brandon Ingram is an all-star, I think, and I think a lot of people sleep on him. Drew Holiday, everyone sleeps on him, and I don't know why. He's a dog, bro. Like, even NBA players say, like, he's underrated. Like, Drew Holiday is top quality, and of course, everyone knows Zion. Now, the Bucks, The Bucks I have slated here, and I know a lot of people were might have been wondering, well, why didn't I mention the Bucks in that first half? Well, I don't have Chris Middleton as high. I think... Giannis is having to do a lot and also the team is structured real well so if Chris Middleton was a little better then I think the Bucks would be probable like probably the favorite to win it because they he, like Chris Middleton is a great as a good player don't get me wrong he's just not exactly what 
Giannis needs to get over that hump, I think, personally. The Heat, they have Bam Adebayo. He's really coming to his own this year. Nice, solid, what, second, third year player now. And, you know, he made the all-star team. Uh, overall, like an, like an overall center. And when I say overall center, I mean an, an all-around center, I'm sorry. Where he can score, he can pass, he can play defense. He's good, and he can play on the perimeter, too. So I'm saying he's solid. The Pacers with DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, the Jazz with the uh, COVID brothers, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It, I think Donovan Mitchell, they're trying to have is that one option. I think they really just have two two options on their team right now. That's going to be their problem. Um, and then I also have the Wolves with D'Angelo Russell. I, I think he doesn't get as much respect as he should. And it's been a little tough on him, like his NBA career so far. So I hope he gets to like, show his real skill set. And I have DeAndre Ayton here. But this might be a little premature. Because uh, you can also make the case that Shea Gills Alexander from OKC deserves to be on this spot here as opposed to DeAndre Ayton. So it's one of those two. But um, again, those players, all of those teams, they're going to the playoffs or at least have a good chance of making the playoffs with the exception of the Suns and Wolves. I guess they, they didn't make the cut. The Wolves at one point did. But again, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you can see that based on the second option, you can also determine how teams are going to look in the playoff race, like how they fare up against. Because your first option, they can be at the top. But if that second option is at the top as well of that list, oh, you're looking in great shape. Great shape. It's not bad being a second fiddle. I'm telling you right now. All right, quarter four, bro. This one, oh my God, is so ridiculous. So we we learned that Kevin Durant wanted to go to UNC. That's right, Kevin Durant wanted to go to the Tar Heels, man. And I liked Kevin Durant. I really did. Like I, I'm, I'm sorry, not did. I do. Like I, I still like Kevin Durant. But I was a big fan of Kevin Durant back then. Like even when he was in high school. Bro, if he went to UNC, I'm a Duke fan. That would have hurt so bad. Because their team was, it, it was it was solid. Like, it, it was tough. They had Marcus Ginyard, who was a sophomore. They had Wayne Ellington, who was a freshman. Ty Lawson, who was a freshman. Danny Green, who was a sophomore. Brandon Wright, who was a freshman. And Tyler Hansbro, who was a sophomore. Like, and everyone, maybe not Ginyard, but... The rest of them all went to the NBA, either first or second round draft picks, and had some type of decent career. Tyler Hansbro played in the league for a couple years, solid. Brandon Wright, he was on the Mavericks for a little bit, quality defender. Danny Green, still in this hole, and we all see what he's capable of. Ty Lawson, he was an all-star. Like, the man was tough on the Nuggets. Oh, my God. Wayne Ellington. He was a good shooter. Didn't pan out the way he was expected to, but he still made the lead. That's the squad that Kevin Durant wanted to go to. And again, Kevin Durant could have played the three or the four. Everyone up here on this team, with the exception of Danny Green, was listed or was not listed as a three. Okay, and Danny Green could have played two. And you could have kept Danny Green on the bench. Like Kevin Durant could have very easily fit in on this team. Like they hadn't, they would have had, they would have had no problem. Matter of fact, their starting lineup would have been Ty Lawson, Danny Green, Kevin Durant, Brandon Wright, and Tyler Hansbro. Bro, that's an easy championship. That's an easy chip right there. Like 
just sign it at the at the beginning of the of, of the of the NBA of the NCAA season. Like they might even beat some NBA teams. There were that would have been tough. And he thought Kevin Durant didn't go because he thought that that team was too stacked. Like what? Are you serious? Like you, you, you were you were concerned that you would have been lost in the talent shuffle, bro. You went second in the draft, second behind Greg Oden, which at the time wasn't that. I I think Greg Oden shouldn't have gone second, but still, I understand why you make the pick and you think you were going to be second fiddle on it at any time. I understand Tyler Hansbro was solid. He threw up eighteen and eight. Brandon Wright threw up a quality 15 and 6. You're still not going second fiddle. Tyler Hansbro was a rope. Tyler Hansbro was the white Zion, just less just much less athleticism. Like he he's he could get his points and not have to touch the ball. Like he could just get his points off of putbacks and, and the and the second and, and, and the hustle points. Like that's all Tyler Hansbro needed. Brandon Wright didn't need to be an offensive juggernaut either. And you played with Ty Lawson on DC Assault for the AAU team. And we already saw Danny Green and Wayne Ellington were both just spot-up shooters, essentially. Like, they could score, but you put them at that spot-up shooter's position, they're, they're, they're quality. Like, they're good. They're, they're, they're best. Easily. Easily you could have fit and got, and got yourself a chip. I'm glad you went to Texas <laughs> and played with DJ Augustine and the boys. I'm glad you went there, because that would have been crazy. But it just goes to show, and no matter how talented you are, you got to have that confidence. You got to have that dog in you to say that, hey, bro, I'm about to come in here and I'm about to whoop these dudes' asses. He didn't have it at the time. He does now. It's still insane to me that he thought he was going to be second fiddle to any degree and that he was going to get lost in the shuffle. That's wild. Like, I hope Roy Williams didn't hit that at all. But you never know. Again, I'm not a big Coach Roy Williams fan. I'm a big root. Recruiter Roy Williams fan, not coach. But yeah, I just thought that was wild. Uh, and again, that top that that just tied the whole episode together in terms of being second fiddles. You need them, and certain players don't need to think that they're second fiddles, man. All right, everybody, that's all the time I had. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. I really, truly do appreciate it. Please continue to subscribe. Tell anybody who's anybody, and I hope you all are having a wonderful time. I hope you all are enjoying your quarantine. Uh, stay safe as possible. Um, and let's just, you know, get through this this weird time. Like, I understand some people aren't taking it as, as serious as other folks want to. Um, just, you know, just be as safe as, as you can. You know, that's, all, that's really all you can do. Uh, and let's, you know, stick through this rough time. Again, there's no sports. <laughs> like, we got to try to find something to do. So, I'm going to keep trying to give you guys some good content. And hope you all have a wonderful time. Stay safe. All right, see you guys.